All right, welcome back. Sports Talk for Fans by Fans this is Brian here. Got Alex with me doing another episode of NFL. So we are in our week four recap with closing out the Monday night game with the Raiders and the Chargers on right now. Uh, once again, please listen, share, subscribe. All that stuff helps support the podcast. We really appreciate it. So we're keeping these in 30 minutes to get you guys all the information you need and more in a short amount of time. So hopefully this all helps. Then we're trying to push it out quicker so you guys actually have time to listen before all the waiver claims go through and everything. So hopefully that helps. Uh, Alex, let's get quickly into this, our quick week four recap. There's one team left remaining that's winless, Alex. That is? That would be the Arizona Cardinals. Winless. Oh, that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, yeah, there we go. Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, that winning combination has no wins. So like I said, week three, they peaked on the kickoff return for a touchdown, and that's it. On the other hand, who has improved since last week? Justin Fields and the Bears. You know, I I actually thought the Lions would pull this win off with how hard fought they've been in all the other games. But Fields and the Bears go from having 47 yards for the whole game to 337 yards in the win against the Lions. So good on Justin Fields. Obviously, the defense for the Lions and Browns are very different, but good for Justin Fields' progression, if anything. Um Alex, I think you were kind of alluding to what I was kind of talking about, but there's one of two teams left that are undefeated in the NFL as of right now. One of them is what you were just talking about, the Cardinals, who just defeated the Rams. The other team are the Raiders, who are currently losing to the Chargers, so we'll see if that holds true. But for now, the Cardinals are definitely the only team left that are undefeated. So maybe the Raiders are too, but we'll see. This is just weird to say, Alex. The last place Chiefs get back on track with Andy Reid got his 100th win. With the Chiefs, which makes him the only coach in NFL history to have 100 wins with two different teams. That's kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Jets and uh, Zach Wilson getting the winner of the Titans? I mean, I don't think I was surprised. I don't think you were surprised. But did you watch in the game? What you, would you think about some of those throws Zach Wilson was making? Uh, he was making some amazing throws on a very bad secondary, which I expected to happen. Um, but the whole – we talked about last week, fantasy about A.J. Brown and Julio being hurt. That kind of showed up in the game. Yep, and definitely expose how much the Titans are – they're just not built to be a Super Bowl contender. Not, you, no one can convince me otherwise. You can't just survive strictly on King Henry. We poked holes in Ryan Tannehill's game over the offseason episode. There's things that he just – he's a good quarterback, but without the wide receivers, Arthur Smith being gone, there's no actual defense there. It's just going to be rough. Uh, moving on, Jimmy G and his calf injury. So now the Trey Lance era has started, Alex, um, which we'll talk about later on the fantasy side. The Cowboys and Dak look good, and this is Dak's team, and they go as Dak goes. And even when they're running the ball, it's clear cut that this is they need Dak. He's a great fit, great sign, looking great. Once again, Alex, I'm tempering expectations with that whole, I'm going to keep saying 11 straight games against non-playoff teams, but nothing wrong with that. Take care of business, and we'll see what happens later in the season. Bucks squeak out a win, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then, of course, this Monday night game between the Raiders and Chargers fighting for domination in the AFC West. It's a great game so far. So uh, excited to see how the rest of that plays out. But, Alex, we picked four games last week. I think, as usual, per our standards, one of the games fell, fell short. But the other three did not disappoint. The first one to start with is Arizona at the Rams. Um, yes, it was a blowout. But I think what was impressive was just watching how Arizona handled themselves offensively. And then seeing Matt Stafford kind of be 
what I expected he could be, which is kind of a, an average quarterback sometimes. So those two things happen at one time. Rams and a great defense cannot have stop Arizona at all. Um, three of their four wins are on the road this year. In all four games, Alex, they've scored over 30 points. I think the team they've actually scored the least amount of points against is the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is kind of weird. Not to mention the Cardinals average the second most yards per game and the most points per game. So that offense is lethal. They have four wide receivers that spread the ball around. I think, Alex, you talked about Christian Kirk a couple weeks ago. You know, he had a couple hundred yard games, and then this game he had like one catch for five yards. And then who who steps up? You know, you know Max Williams and A.J. Green. It's just insane. You don't know who to guard. Um, and I think that shows how good Kyler Murray is. Um, cards kept Cooper Cup in check. Uh and Alex, have you seen the stats on DeAndre Hopkins this year? No, I have not. I haven't had him on my fantasy team. What's it look like? So I and we talked him up, you know, kind of as a you know a potential clicking with Kyler Murray year two. He's tied for 49th in the league in catches. He has 17 catches. Um, I think he's second on his own team in catches. It just shows how good this team is where they don't really need DeAndre Hopkins and they have so many weapons on the team. So I think that's something that's scary to look for. The other thing to consider, Alex, maybe DeAndre Hopkins doesn't like being, you know, sharing the number one catching with five other receivers. So we'll see what, how that goes going forward. But this game represents what Stanford can be, which is a big arm, but he had a lot of inaccurate moments in the game. And I think my last question for you about this game, Alex, is the Cardinals, I, we've talked about, we, we're concerned about their coaching staff, but has this start? for you kind of cemented that they are the front runners in the NFC because they've been really impressive so far. What do you think? I think you have to look at the season and quarters. So I will say this for this first quarter of the season, Arizona's looked dominant. They've, they've looked like they've had their business. They're undefeated. They've done what they're supposed to do. Um, it's a long season. There are injuries that are going to happen that we don't see they're coming up. Um, there's teams that are play absolutely terrible right now. They're going to play a lot better. Um, so I would give Arizona their due right now. But I, I, like I said, I don't trust the coaching staff going forward. I got to see more. Yeah, it's true. And they play San Francisco this week, and San Francisco's had some bad luck. But it's the first game of Trey Lance. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, let's move on to the second game, Alex. That was Tampa Bay at New England. Um, Oh, and kind of quickly go back for the for the first game. You know, we, we did kind of go and guess off the uh, the spreads and everything. We both had the Rams. We both picked the Rams to win by six. So we we got that one wrong, um, you know, and that's because I don't trust the coaching staff and they proved it wrong so far. So we'll see how it goes. But moving on to the next one, Tampa Bay at New England. Uh, Sunday night's game was a great game. New England is favored by five half points. We both took that, um, you know, um, the – Tampa Bay could have won by more, but we'll talk about it here in a second, Alex. So Tampa Bay won by two. Uh, so what do you have for that game? Well, that obviously was supposed to be the game of the century of the game year, Tampa Bay versus New England, Tom Brady coming back home to play his old team they won six championships for. So um, the game actually did not go probably the way most people thought it would be, mainly because of the rain. And I'm just going to come out and say it right now. It almost looked like Tom Brady a little bit was overwhelmed by the emotions of the time. He kind of looked a little inaccurate. Um, when you look at it, we all thought it was going to be Tom Brady versus, you know, Belichick. And it was for the most part. But I think it was actually Brady versus Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones kind of surprised somebody, a little, a couple of people a little bit here when he was playing. Uh, Pro Football Focus obviously said Brady was probably the best quarterback um, this year in, in 92.8, number one quarterback. 
And then they have Mac Jones at 70.8, you know, the 25th best-ranked quarterback. So it was definitely a big difference between the greatest of all time and a rookie that's barely bottom of the league at quarterbacking. Um, but if you look at the numbers, um, Brady was 22 for 43. Uh, his QBR, I think, was a little bit better than Jones's, but Jones's uh, quarterback rating was a lot higher. Um, and also, you know, look at it, the fact that uh, Mac Jones didn't have a running game. He's still moving the ball. I think uh, New England finished with negative rushing yards, which is technically the first time ever since 2007. And that team had a finished game with negative rushing yard was the Detroit Lions. So that Can definitely is not something you want to put your 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 line in. What'd you say? Yeah, I was saying, let me, I'm going to say something about that really quick. Yeah, I, I have that. That's eight carries for minus one yard. Five of those carries were by running back. So they completely abandoned the running game, which is which is kind of crazy. But, yeah, I, I just want to throw that out there before you keep, uh, you keep going. Yeah. Fantasy-wise, when you look at it, um, if you're looking for yourself a James White steal, we'll talk about it later. You may have found one in, in this game. But also, I think what everybody kind of looked or looked at more near the end of the game was the whole idea of um, leaving the um, – Tom Brady with 55 seconds left after kicking the field goal. Some people really are down in uh, Belichick for kicking the field goal on fourth down and maybe not going for it on a fourth and three with your young quarterback, especially when he was doing so well in the game. Um, I don't know. It's kind of one of those hits to tell things. It kind of, if the field goal works, everyone doesn't say anything about it. But also if the field goal works, a lot of people say, hey, you gave Tom Brady a lot of time. I don't know, Brian, what do you think about that? I mean, I got nothing wrong with that. I, you know, Bucks have a good defense. Secondary was compromised, but at the same time, the, you know, it, it's it's a chess match. The kick was good. It was in the rain, so maybe you could say don't kick it because it's in the rain, bad conditions. But you know, he he had the distance. He hit the crossbar. It was you know, it was a great kick. It was a great game. Like you know, it, it is what it is. Um, I don't think I really. I have a problem with Belichick's decision there. It's just unfortunate how it played out, but, you know, worked out for Brady because, you know, he's one of now three quarterbacks to have defeated every team in the NFL, and he needed that for for that to be tied with, I think, with Drew Brees and Payne Manning is the only two quarterbacks to do that. So I don't have a problem with the decision. I, I would have been good with that either way. Forget about Brett Favre. Brett Favre did it once too, so I think it's one of four quarterbacks now. Okay. Uh, so did you watch the part after the game, Alex, the, um, the handshakes and everything? Yeah, I saw that brief handshake with, the with them. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I thought it was kind of weird how Brady was, if they, cause they just, they watched Brady the whole time. If, if you didn't watch this, they essentially watched Brady congratulate and talk to every single person after the game. Um, you know, the ones he's close to like special teams player Slater, um, McDaniels, Brian Hoyer, it was you know, big hug, lots of nice words, smiling conversation. The one person he did not say a single word to was Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick came over and hugged him and kind of scurried away without saying anything. What did you think about that? I, I thought it was about what I expected from Belichick. Belichick is just that type of person. He's already shown it. I know in the week we had a lot of things leaking about this book that's come out in his prayers of tell all about how terrible he's a, a, play, a person is. Um, they kind of briefly said that they had a, a chat after the game, not around cameras. I don't know about that, man. It, it, it looked like he kind of did not really want to talk to him at all. 
Yeah. If you think about it, like he, I mean, Kraft got a big hug. Everyone got a hug. And it just really comes down to this had to have been Belichick as the GM's decision for Brady to be gone, essentially. So that's kind of, you have to say Brady's got to kind of not like that one person. That's probably it. So I guess we'll see. Um, let's move on to the next one. Uh, we have Vegas at the Chargers. Chargers favored by three. Currently winning in the fourth quarter by seven and driving. I'd like to say we have that one right. But either way, you know, I, a great game that's going on right now. Um, I, I think the Chargers should win this game, which will go if they do. It's going to be very interesting next week because they have another tough opponent against Cleveland. Um, and even if the Raiders lose this game, that does not mean that they're not for real. This definitely shows that they're for real. They're they're changed. The defense has a good pass rush now. You know, good things happening in Las Vegas. The last game, Alex, that we did not get right was well, technically I didn't get right at all. But Baltimore at Denver, Denver favorite one. Uh, Bridgewater got knocked out, but he's right. They're already down by 10. Um, you know, I already talked about how the first three games are very easy and they have to build momentum. Well, yep. The Ravens are a tough team. They lost the Ravens. Drew Locke came in, couldn't do a single thing. Alex, you picked the game, right? I picked the game wrong, but I'm not going to really get much in that one. Um, we'll just kind of see what happens, but next week to play the Steelers. So there's a good chance the Broncos could bounce back if Bridgewater's playing, but we'll see. The next thing uh, we want to kind of change gears and talk about is me and Alex, we kind of covered a lot of over-unders before the year started. So we kind of want to throw out a couple over-unders and kind of where they're at right now to kind of show gambling-wise what's been happening. So the very first one, Alex, is the Cardinals were set, were set at 8.5, and, and they're ready pretty much halfway there being 4-0. and So if you took the over on the Cardinals, it's pretty much a slam dunk. Um, being that they finished third in division, they shouldn't have as many tough games with opponents. Pretty much a lock. Now, which one did I get wrong? Probably. So the Vikings uh, are one in three. It was set at seven and a half. I said 10 wins. But for seven and a half, it's still realistic. Alex, you said seven. So you have a better chance of being right in that one. I think I'm probably not going to be right. The one thing is going for the Vikings is they are a plus two on point differential. So they're showing that they're in every single game. Uh, so we'll just see if they can turn around. I think the Vikings can still turn around and, and get over that 7.5. The Steelers, Alex set an eight and a half wins. They have one win. Do you think the Steelers have any chance of getting over that eight and a half wins at this point with what we've seen so far? I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. The only way I see it, and I don't think it's going to get better, but it's the only way I, if you're a gambling place, the only way I can see them getting better, maybe a quarterback change. I, I just, I don't know if big Ben's got it anymore, man. Yeah. Uh, and even so they change quarterback. I don't think, I don't say trade for someone. I have a hard time believing any one of that roster is the right person. Um, let's just say this. Everyone of us got this one wrong. The Bengals, five and a half was the over-under. Um, probably the only person or people that got that right are people in Cincinnati. The over-under was set at five and a half. They already have three wins or three and one. They got a tough opponent this week against Green Bay. But since they were last place last year, they have a lot easier schedule. I, I think, you know, obviously the Bengals have it in the bag. Now the next one, Alex... Your boys, they're three and one. They're one loss against the Bucks in a tough game. We both had them finishing second in the division. I had them at nine wins exactly. Do you think the Cowboys can get over nine wins? And like I said earlier, they play a lot of non-playoff teams coming up. So I'm starting to think the Cowboys can win maybe 10 to 11 games. Um, I was questionable about their defense. And, man, Diggs has looked like a shutdown corner. He's looked great. Um, what, five picks in four games? So Alex – do you think it's safe safe to say that 
if they can keep healthy, that the Cowboys can win over nine games. Well, there's nothing safe with the Cowboys. Um, we have a history in the last 10 to 15 years with this franchise that you can't really trust the wins a win. But you know what? We pick, you know, particularly you said at the beginning of the year, they're going to rack up a lot of wins within the first 11 weeks. So they haven't won a game we haven't expected them to win. So it's going to be a question of can they win more games in the back part of the year? That's going to be the difference of can they get over nine. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, another one that we got wrong, and let's be honest, a, a lot of people got us wrong outside of Vegas or maybe Oakland or L.A. The Raiders were set at six wins. They already have three, um, could have four. They're already driving to tie the game right now in Monday Night Football in real time. So we were we were definitely wrong in the Raiders. Me and Alex have constantly questioned their decision-making, um, and I think we have to constantly apologize about that because I think Derek Carr is just showing how good of a quarterback he is to – overcome these things that we keep talking about in the offseason and things they moves they made. So another one of those things, if you took the over on the Raiders, saying that, that's that's a good one. Um, outside of that, I, the Colts, last one to talk about, the Colts were at nine and a half. They got their first win, but that first win puts them in only one game back in winning the division. Nine and a half, though, Alex, with what we've seen out of wins in that divisionary thing, do you think the Colts can get to over nine and a half to cover? Well, the Colts got two games against the Texans and two games against the Jaguars. They've already lost one game against um, against the the Titans. So theoretically, I think they could at least I mean get to five or six wins. It's just that right now Carson Wentz's health I think is now the the question: Can he be healthy the rest of the year? Maybe they could turn it around, but if he's not healthy, they have no chance. Yeah, I think I think. The AFC South was last year's NFC East. I think whoever wins that division is going to be, I guess you can't be 500 now, but like, you know, close to 500. All right, let's move on to the next part. We're going to talk about week four major injuries and the fantasy impact. David Montgomery with a hyperextended knee. Um, so look to pick up uh, Williams, the backup running back. He's really the only viable option. He came in, had a couple good carries. I think he ran for 55 yards, uh, replacing David Montgomery. Once again, um, depending on who the Bears play, it's really going to be a matchup dependent because the Bears have such a bad offensive line. The next thing, Jimmy G down with the calf injury, I think going to be at least a couple weeks. And, and honestly, if Trey Lance can operate that offense, he, that job is not going back to Jimmy G, let's be honest. Uh, Logan Thomas tied in the, the WFTs, the Penguins, whatever you want to call them. Uh, hamstring issue, so we'll see what happens with that. The Bucks, man. The cornerback issues just keep mounting. They're like the Niners last year. They signed Sherman, and he ended up starting within a couple of days being signed. So whoever the Bucs are playing against, I would look at the passing uh, offense on the opposition of the Bucs. Bridgewater can concussion, so keep an eye out for that. And then the next thing is the last thing I really got is Jair Alexander, AC joint injury. Not sure how long that's going to be, but you know that's the only real shutdown corner. Stokes has been pretty good for the Packers, but um, – if they don't have Alexander, that, that defense could be exposed by a lot, I think. Now let's move on to fantasy impacts. Um, Alex, last year's five, last week's top five scoring quarterbacks, not this week, but last week's was Allen, number one, number two, Herbert, number three, Stafford, number four, Brady, and then number five, Darnold. One of those five returned back into the top five this week, Alex. Do you know which one of those are back in the top five this week? I would guess it'd be Darnold. And you are right. Darnold was number two on the list this week. This is before the Monday night game finishes. 
Number one, Mahomes with his five touchdown performance. Number two, Darnold with his continued rushing upon. And I guess you would know because they played the Cowboys. Matt Ryan was number three. Jalen Hurts is number four. And Heineke for Washington was number five. So, you know, did people keep changing out Darnold in top five again? Um, but Matt Ryan, I think, kind of surprised us. The other thing that's kind of weird is the top, the NFC East, Alex, represented, had four, all four quarterbacks in the top seven. So Prescott was number six and uh, Daniel Jones number seven. The one last thing I want to throw out, which is going to be the big pickoff for everyone this week, including me because I dropped Trey Lance because I thought he wasn't going to play anytime soon. Trey Lance in one half of play was the 12th best quarterback in fantasy, just playing one half. He is a must-add on all formats. I hate saying that because I'm fighting everyone for this, um, but he is a must-add. Uh, he was ahead of a lot of other big-name quarterbacks by just playing one half. I think he had 40 to 50 rushing yards, not design, not all designed running plays. A lot of them were just you know, getting pressure, and he just knew how to scramble and get out. So uh, Cardinals' defense will be a, not a great test, but I think it will be a good uh, way to, for Lance to show really what he can do. So if you have a waiver claim, man, pick up Trey Lance. Next, let's move on to the running backs. Alex, the number one running back, who we've now told everyone for three weeks to pick up, Cordo mm-hmm. Patterson. Yes. Receiving alone, five catches, 82 yards, three touchdowns. He was the number one running back in football because of that. He only had six carries. Um, but now he was number one. Number two, Saquon Barkley has had two strong weeks in a row, mainly if you're in a PPR league. Number three, Henry. Number four, Montgomery, who got hurt, so kind of look away from that. And Najee Harris, number five, once again, for the catches. The thing with Alex that has finally happened from Najee Harris that we've been kind of watching, he finally over he finally averaged over four yards per carry for the first time all season in this game against the Packers. Um, so that's great. Alex, what do you think about the Miles Sanders situation? Is it just completely messed up with how they misuse him? Or is there something maybe that we don't know because – Gainwell, the backup running back for the Eagles, a fifth-round pick last year, was the sixth-best running back in football, and Miles Sanders continues to not get carried. So what do you think about that situation? I think they have a head coach that doesn't know what he's doing. He's still learning on the job. Um, he obviously has kind of – actually, listened to his press conference the last two weeks trying to get justify not using Miles Sanders. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a Philadelphia Eagle fan, you've been listening, it makes no sense. Um, I think the only reason Gainwell was kind of used this week is obviously because they got down a little bit and they needed to kind of throw themselves back in the game, and they decided to use Gainwell for, uh, Gainwell for the passing. Uh, but if you're a Miles Sanders um, a holder on your fantasy team, I'd be really nervous right now to play him. Yeah, and I would actually consider that if you're in a deeper league, pick up Gainwell because um, he's gotten he's kind of outsnapped Sanders recently. Don't know why, um, but – Consider picking him Gainwell for that reason. Uh, Jonathan Taylor finally had his first 100-yard game of the season. He was the number nine running back this week. And what I'm going to say now is because I think there's been a lot of misconception about James Robinson, but this is the time to pick him up. Urban Meyer's finally using him. He's finally stopped the madness of whatever the hell he was doing. James Robinson's getting a lot of usage. I would advise you, if you don't have James Robinson, you see him as, as not a starter on team, go get him now while you can. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has finally had 200-yard rushing games now. I just want to throw that out there. That's good for me because I needed that. Running back or wide receivers, Alex. So I'm just going to go out and say this. I was wrong about Debo Samuel. I thought that he was going to continue to drop off. Um, 
I don't know if I can say I'm wrong completely as much as it's a blown coverage by Jamal Adams, but Debo Samuels went off again. Um, I think he was number two wide receiver in fantasy. <laughs> so I told everyone to trade him. Uh, I would still consider trading him just because I don't trust his injury history. Um, I don't know what kind of offense they're going to run with Trey Lance. Now Kyle Shanahan even said the offense wasn't even designed for Trey Lance this week, but they still used him pretty well. Tiger Hill gets his mojo back. Number one wide receiver finally. 11 catches, 186 yards, three touchdowns. Now, this is the weird thing I want to say, Alex. The Jets this week had two wide receivers in the top 15. Jameson Crowder came back. Are the Titans, is the Titans defense that bad? Or do you have some hope and expectations now for the Jets wide receivers now that, that we had two uh, wide receivers in the top 15 for fantasy? Can, can it be both? Because I yeah. really hope it, it, it really works out for the Jets. I just, I'm just pulling for them. They, they need some good stuff to happen. But Tennessee, man, I mean, their secondary, we talked about in the preseason, their secondary is going to be a show this year. Man, and moving on, there's, no, there's always a wide receiver that ends up having a phenomenal year that we don't really don't track. This year, it's DJ Moore. I don't, well, I think when we expected Darnold to get to the Panthers, we expected Robbie Anderson to be heavily involved. But Anderson's getting less used than Terrence Marshall, and DJ Moore is literally getting all the targets. So uh, that's another one of those wide receivers you just don't expect. If you have DJ Moore, you're probably dominating your fantasy league because that's someone you probably got later on in the draft. Um, someone to pick up, I'm just going to throw this out there, Raymond for the, uh, for the Lions. He, you know, they kind of, they're not really sure. Hawkinson hasn't had a lot of targets last two weeks for some reason, but Raymond, the wide receiver out there, he's had 16 targets the past two games. So maybe start looking at getting him in kind of your deeper leagues or uh, just kind of take a flyer on him for the Lions just to see, because you know they're going to play from behind most games. Uh, my, I told you so, Kenny Galladay. I said to play him. I said, it, I think two weeks in a row, he had seven targets, six catches, 116 yards. It's going to keep getting better, especially with Slayton Shepard being out. In addition to Galladay's kind of blow up, uh, I, I was not tracking this was going to happen, but Tony, nine targets, six catches, 78 yards. So Dalen Jones has been really good uh, as a fantasy quarterback. John's got the first win. Now, the last thing I'm going to end with is kind of what I talked about with DeAndre Hopkins. I would trade him away to anyone that wants him by the name alone. His targets in his last four or first four games of the season, Alex, he's at eight. Four, six, and seven. That's not the kind of numbers DeAndre Hopkins is used to getting. He's used to being fed the ball 15 times a game. I, I don't think it's going to change. Um, I think there's so many weapons out there that it's going to be like that. So I would say trade DeAndre Hopkins away. Uh, the tight ends, Alex, are getting more confusing every week. Um, at the start of the year, we kind of talked about, hey, if you don't have the top three, don't take a high draft pick and here's my justification last week's top three Schultz at 26 points Conklin Vikings had 20 Gusecki at 18.6 Alex can you name anyone that's in the top three for tight ends this week for fantasy football uh, I would have to say Uzama from the Bengals will probably be in the top this week he was number one you know the other two um that would probably be it um I know um Good gracious. He's the tight end, the opposite tight end for Kansas City because he didn't throw they didn't throw to um to the Kelsey. Kansas City tight to Kelsey. So Kelsey's backup. Nope. He but he did have a good he, I mean he did I think like two touchdowns and two straight games or something like that. Um Dawson Knox now has mm -hmm. four touchdowns in three games with a total of sixteen targets, and he was a non factor 
in every other year. I think this is showing the development of Josh Allen that now Josh Allen is starting to spread the ball around, which is really dangerous for the rest of the league. So number two is Dawson Knox, who had 20.7, like I said, with those numbers I just gave you. The number three, Allie Cox, Mo Allie Cox on the Colts. He does this every year where he has one or two games where he goes off. He had 19.2. So once again, that's two weeks in a row, Alex, where there's been no top tight ends that have gone off. No Kelsey, no Kittle, Waller. You know, Waller had touchdowns this game, so we'll kind of see. Um, Eckler scored another touchdowns. The Chargers now have a 14-point lead, so we may be safe on that bet. But if we're talking tight ends, G- Gasecki, we said get him last week. He was number six this week. Brissett's got, I think, one more week left. You need to get Gasecki in either DraftKings or whatever. He's got one more good week. Um, so question I have for you about tight ends, Alex, and I think you probably know where this is going for the Cowboys. Schultz, the last two weeks, has 12 catches on 15 targets. Is he really going to take it over? Because I know during the game, you and Texas saying, well, don't you don't know who to trust for the tight ends because Jarwin had a touchdown. They're going to go back and forth. But Schultz, 12 catches on 15 targets. Jarwin had a touchdown. What do you think about the Cowboys tight end situation before fantasy-wise? I think Schultz is obviously going to be the, the the guy you want to go to. I think he, he's both of them are kind of emerging the last couple of weeks, obviously because they lost Michael Gallup. They usually go three wide receiver, but because they don't have Gallup, they're going more two tight ends. So um, both of them are going to get a lot of play, and especially the fact they're wanting to run the ball in the last couple of weeks, and I think they're going to want to run the ball going forward for at least the next couple of weeks to at least to the bye week. I think their um, Schultz would probably be the more safer play because right now, I mean, he's putting up top five, top six tight end numbers right now. Yep. My last kind of item for tight ends as they, I would recommend picking this person up. Max Williams, Cardinals tight end. Two of the last three weeks, he has over 16 fantasy points uh, in games. So he had one where he was kind of five. But once again, like I said for tight ends, if you don't have a top tight end, just play the free agency system. Don't go crazy with chasing tight ends. Um, we just everything I've said has been the last two weeks top fantasy tight ends. Um, you just got to kind of play the matchups and see how it goes. But Max Williams, over 16 fantasy points in two of the last three weeks. Uh, so you know, good good option there, especially with how they're spreading the ball around Arizona. Now let's end this on. We're looking forward to next week, Alex. So. The first one I got that I'm looking forward to is the Thursday night game, the Rams at the Seahawks. Rams are favored by one. It's in Seattle. Who do you have winning this game? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm going to say the Rams. I'll say the Rams bounce back. I know Seattle's hard to beat in Seattle, but I'm going to take the Rams straight up. All right. Yep. I'm going to take Seattle just because it's a home game. I think they got some momentum going. so with that, it's a one-point favorite. Uh, next game that you – what game are you looking forward to, Alex? I'm going to say the Brownies versus the Chargers. I did not think this was going to be one game I'd circle probably early in the year, um, but it looks like the Chargers probably is going to have a, a say at the top of their division and the same with the Browns. So we're talking about – we're talking about seeding right now in week five. So this is one of those games where whoever wins it – Maybe takes the, the the number one seed or has a play for the number one seed. So so this is going to be really another char- chance for the Chargers to prove if they're legit. Yeah, and so the game's a push. It's in L.A. Uh, so I'm picking the Chargers. I'm all on board for this Chargers team as long as people stay healthy. And like I said, they're winning right now by 14 with five minutes left against the Raiders. 
Um, so that means they're going to be taking first place in the, the division for right now. Uh, it's a tough game, but I think the Chargers with their new improved offensive line, players healthy, I think they can beat the kind of one-dimensional-ish Browns. What do you think? Who do you, who do you got? It's hard to stop the Browns running game. It's been really hard. It is. Um, yeah. And then the Chargers, they they look like they couldn't stop Dallas's running game. I, I'm going to go charge. I'm not going to go Browns. I'm flipping. We're going to the Browns. I'm, I'm going to trust in Baker Mayfield and believe the hype. We're, we're, we're split again. I like it. Okay. Next one for me, the Bills at Kansas City. This is a huge game for Kansas City because they could go back to being two and three with a loss. Um, falling farther behind other teams, especially if the Chargers win this, like I'm predicting. Kansas City's favored by three. Do you think Buffalo now has enough to compete with them, Alex? Or who do you think is going to win that game with the three-point spread towards favoring Kansas City, in Kansas City? I think Buffalo has, has very much improved their team. Um, but the, char- the the Chiefs passing game, just it's just crazy. I mean, they can play terrible on defense and special teams, and they just like Tyreek Hill will just eat you alive. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Kansas City is a hard place to play. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Yep, same here. I'm going Chiefs also, just because. Yeah, it, it's in Kansas City. I'm gonna keep taking the Chiefs until they prove me that they can do it. Clyde Edwards Hilaire now has two straight hundred yard rushing games. That that just opens another factor. Kelsey didn't get the ball much last week. Hill did. I mean, there's it's. A lot of elite targets to cover, um, and, and that's not to say Buffalo doesn't have the same thing. But well, Buffalo's got to prove it to me first. It's not to say I don't think they can win. I just need to actually see it happen one time. All right, Alex. One more. What, what's the last one you got? I can't believe I'm saying this because I picked them on the under of what they when we talked about earlier this year, uh, earlier in the show. Um, I'm going to go Green Bay, Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals are three and one. Um, I want to really see if the Bengals are as legit as they, their record is. They've had a kind of a really soft schedule beginning of this year. They're taking on the really the go-to quarterbacks right now, Aaron Rodgers. Um, they're at home. Um, I want to see how this thing works out. If the Bengals are truly for real, are they going to be a contender in the AFC? Yeah, I, I want to see them be competitive. It's just so hard to go against an Aaron Rodgers that's focused and and clicking. Uh, the Packers are favored by three and a half in Cincinnati which really means that it's really their favoring Packers to be like a seven point favorite on, on neutral field. So I'm going to take the Packers with the spread. Alex, what do you got? I'm taking the Packers, but I'm not taking the spread. I'm saying they're going to win on a Mason crossbar. I mean, Crosby field goal at the end. All right. Well, I'm putting down for Cincinnati then, because that's what we're going with, with the spreads. All right. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, that wraps it up, Alex. Is there any other things you're you're looking forward to week five, or does that pretty much cover everything? Yeah, that pretty much covers everything. Uh, we're starting another quarter of the season, so we're going to start seeing um, some some better football. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yep, definitely. Can't can't wait to see what happens this week, especially that uh that Buffalo that Buffalo Kansas City game. And, you know, it's just it's gonna be another great game. So I, I love I love seeing. There's, it seems to just be like three or four really good games. Every week, and the Chargers just intercepted the ball with three minutes left, so they pretty much just wrapped the game up. So, Chargers about to go to three and one. Raiders dropping three and one, which means the Cardinals are the last undefeated team in football. Um, so we're going to end on that note. So thanks for listening. This is episode thirty-eight. Please share, subscribe, get us that support, leave a review. We appreciate all the support, and we'll uh, catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening.